Thank you all. That praise and that um, honor goes straight to the Lord because I would not be here this morning if it weren't for how good our God is. He is so faithful. And I just want to take a second to honor the pastor of the house. Um, thank you so much for allowing me the privilege to speak into these people. Um, I told you this on the phone, but I do not take that lightly. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot to trust somebody to take over a Sunday morning. You only get one, you know, week or one day a week to speak into you guys. So to give me that honor is just, I, I don't take it lightly, so thank you. You guys, I am just full of expectancy. I don't know if you can feel that, like, just, there's something about to break this morning, and I just, I'm on the verge of just tears thinking about it. Um, before we get into what God has for this morning, I wanted to make you aware of um, the ministry we started. is called Be an Overcomer Ministries. You can follow us on social media. Um, the next slide shows how you can be a part of our journey. If you want more information about the ministry, we do uh, bi-weekly updates and stuff, so you can text Overcomer to that number to be a part of it, so don't be afraid to pull out your phone even now and do that. I'll give you permission. Um, and then I also have a product table on the back. Um, this is, all goes straight back into the ministry just to help us build his kingdom. And um, I got the honor of being a part of a book, um, so I'm a co-author in this. It's all stories on the subject of endurance, and my story is in here as well. Um, so I would love for you uh, to pick up a book or whatever you want to stop by and chat with me afterwards. I it would be a blessing. And I want to give this book to somebody specific today. Is there somebody today that's really going through something? where they just feel like they need the subject of endurance to speak into that. Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Okay, yep, you in the back. Come on up here. This is for you. Hey, stay right here. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, God, for speaking into her. God, I pray that as she dives into that book right now, God, I thank you, Lord that you're speaking into her situation, that you show her what endurance looks like, God. And I pray that she would stand on your firm foundation, that she would remember who you are and speak your promises right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. So last night I'm looking over my notes for this morning, and I felt like God wanted to speak something precursor to what he had given me before. So I'm going to go a little rogue, sorry. I don't have a slide for this particular part, but I felt like it was very fitting for what God wanted to say. And so if you'll just linger with me for a second, um, I think we're going to get something really good. Let me pray before we, we go. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you that you're a God of hope. You're a God of peace. You're a God of strength. You're a God of joy, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to deposit those things in us today as we learn to walk out what endurance looks like, to walk out what overcoming looks like, God, as we walk out reattaching ourselves to your promises, Jesus. I pray that today, God, that any barriers to hear the truth of your word would be broken down. We come against any wrong thinking, God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we would see you rightly in Jesus' name. Amen.
And that's what I want to speak on right here at the beginning is seeing God rightly. See, we have to understand God's truth and who he is in order to overcome, in order to, like you guys have been talking about, reattach ourselves to the Lord. We have to see him in the right way. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I stop and think about how amazing our God is, I just, I get overwhelmed. Like, we serve an amazing, powerful God. Think about all the stories in the Bible that speak of, of who he is. Like, uh, let's say, David and Goliath. He took a little shepherd boy and defeated a giant by one stone? I mean, you guys, that's, that's craziness. He put, he put um, Jonah in a whale just to prove the point that you will obey me, right? And it took a little bit, but he went back and, and spoke to Nineveh because God intervened and put him in the belly of a whale. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy when you think of that. Jesus' very words, there were so many times in Scripture that he got to speak out healing without even being in the, in the presence of the person that was sick and healing went. He was that powerful. His words carry that much authority. We serve an amazing God. And I want to I share with you a, a few miracles from my testimony. You got to hear the, the kind of the bulk of what happened, but sometimes I don't get a chance to really share the, the awe and the wonder that transpired in our journey and is still transpiring. See, when I got attacked by that shark, I was at the surface level the entire time. If you know anything about sharks, their very nature is to pull down anything at surface level that they attack. It could be a bird, a, a turtle, a seal, a human, whatever. They're going to yank it down. I was at the surface so much so that I was breathing through the snorkel tube the entire time. I never swallowed any salt water. All that thrashing and fighting, if you guys have ever been snorkeling, like just normal swimming, it goes under and you're like, you know, like it happens all the time. But during that time when I was, when I was literally fighting for my life, it was like the Lord had a hold of that snorkel tube and it never left the surface of the water. I was breathing the entire time. So when he let go of me, all I had to do was pull away and throw off my snorkel mask. I didn't have to go anywhere else. I shared in the video that I didn't lose enough blood. Well, it goes even deeper than that. See, yeah, I'm here and alive. I didn't, I didn't bleed out. But here's the amazing part of it. I didn't even require a blood transfusion. They said I didn't lose enough blood. Y'all, I was on the boat for a good 30 minutes with just a beach towel as a tourniquet. If y'all know anything about any medical procedures, beach towels are not proper tourniquets. They're bulky. They soak up things. They don't stop it. And every person I've talked to that has any kind of medical background, all the way from all the physicians and specialists I've worked with down to a, like a, just a practitioner, every one of them said, Tiffany, you are an amazing miracle. Our God is amazing. You see, I, I had, um, the water was covered in my blood. JJ said, when I screamed out, help, help me, Jesus, and he turned, there was literally blood everywhere in the water. And he saw me swimming back with my severed arm. The shark let me swim away from him. I didn't have a, a surfboard or a boogie board or anything to jump onto. Like, I was literally in the water with him, swimming with a severed arm that when I was swimming, I literally saw it just shooting blood out. 
it did not make him pursue me further, and there was no other sharks that came. I safely got from where I was to the boat with my one arm, that's my non-dominant hand, with a severed arm, all by myself. In fact, this part of the, the journey, when I think about it, in light of what happened over the summer, I don't know if you guys read that there was a young girl that got attacked by a shark in Nassau. It was like about a mile or so from where my attack happened, lost her right arm. It drew two other sharks in, so three attacked her, and she lost her life. And I read that story, and I was just in tears, thinking that could have been my story. I could be viewing this from another uh, level of eternity here, and my kids couldn't have their mom, and my husband couldn't have his wife, and, and I wouldn't have the privilege of speaking to you today. But God, our God is amazing. In fact, when I got back to the American hospital, I was flown to CMC North or CMC Maine in Charlotte. That in itself was a miracle because uh, the, the medvac flights are crazy. There's this, this gray area that you have to prove that it's medically necessary. And I was still in critical care because I'd had emergency surgery, but I wasn't life or death. And so it was this like, can we fly or can we not? And the insurance and all this garbage. And it, it took a while, but we got there. That was another miracle. But I'm telling you, I got there and we did the exploratory surgery the next morning. I was first surgery. And they said, it looks good. We're going to refer you to this uh, doctor locally in the Charlotte area. He's, he's um, kind of an expertise in upper limb amputations. I'm like, great. Come to find out, he's only one of three doctors in the whole U.S. that knows this medical procedure to um, nerve, do some nerve transferring in my arm. It was so cutting edge. I was number nine for him and number 20 for the whole U.S. to have it done. And that allows me to operate this thing here. So I can think open and it opens and I can think close and it closes. Wild. And then I don't, I don't have any pain, which is insane, you guys. I, do y'all know what phantom pain is? It literally drives you mad. Like, there's no arm there, and I would feel like somebody was twisting my wrist or pulling my thumb back or my arm was on fire or whatever, and there's nothing there. I can't, I can't relieve it in any way. It's like maddening. So not only is it painful, but it really messes with your mind. So that part, I, it, it took about six months for my nerves to get back into place and, and know what they're doing, and then the pain subsided, and I have yet to have any pain since. I mean, just tiny little flickers, but nothing like that. Because God put a doctor here right in Charlotte, right in my backyard. That's only one of three, you know, that can even do this thing. And this particular arm is so darn expensive. I, my kids pick it up and I'm like, oh, stop, you know, it's like a house, you know, it's, it's so expensive. And they're like, oh, is that cool, mama's robot arm. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not a toy. Um, and I remember um, it, last fall, I was still unsure of what our payment was going to be on this. So this happened two and a half years ago. So it was about a year and a half in, and I still wasn't sure. 
And so I went to my doctor. They had been fighting for me medically. Um, there was a lot that they had to prove and all this stuff and that it was, you know, that I actually could have this arm and not this, like, lower level version and all of this stuff. And they were fighting for me. And I went to them. I'm like, listen, I know, you know, there, I've got to have a resolution here. So I know what to really financially prepare for. You know, it's been like 18 months. I need to know, you know. And they're like, yeah, we've taken it to corporate. You know, I'm going to have to follow up. And so while I was there doing a routine visit, I mentioned it to uh, the head billing office lady. And she comes down. About a half an hour later, she said, I just got off the phone with corporate, and um, the patient responsibility is $80,000. And I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. You have got to provide God. You know, and I'm starting to wheel in my mind, like, what's this? And then she goes, but, you know, we've been fighting, as you know. The claims have been denied. There's nothing else we can do. But when I called to get an update, they said that your balance is zero. And I said, what? And she said, they wrote off the cost, Tiffany. You don't owe us anything. $80,000? I mean, that's not just a couple hundred, oh, we'll just say we gave it to charity type thing. No, that's like 80 grand. That's, that's like I said, it's like a small house. And that was just my patient responsibility. And I literally just started weeping in the doctor's office sitting there and she started crying I'm like my God is so good you know and she's like yes yes he is <laughs> I don't know if she's a Christian but man she's she better believe y'all I know who my God is because I've experienced him not just in these miracles. I share those with you because I want you to hear really how good our God is. It's not just stories that are in the Bible. He's alive and well today. The things that we read in the Bible are just some of the, what he's done. He's done so much more in your life and in my life. And sometimes we need to stop and remember who he is. See, because if we can get a revelation of who he is, who he really is, then we'll see him rightly. Sometimes as Christians, and I'll, I'm putting myself in this bucket, okay? Sometimes as Christians, we're content in getting fed by the sermons we hear on Sunday, by the podcasts we listen to, by the blogs we read, the posts on social media. Gosh, I just gave out an endurance book. Like we're, that, Sometimes that's our bread, Okay? And we're content in the revelation of God in that light. But letting that be our only bread we eat is like eating leftovers every single day. We never get to taste the fresh meal at its best. And y'all might be saying, like, what are you talking about? See, God longs for us to come and experience him in a new, fresh way every day. And the only way we can do that is by getting alone with him. I call it the secret place where we just stop what we're doing and we give him attention. Maybe it's through reading of his word. Maybe it's pulling out a devotional. It's praying. It's throwing on some worship music. But literally, intentional time with God. That's what he longs for. And if we understand that and see and encounter him in that, we can truly know his heart and then we can begin to trust him 
And when we trust him and see him for who he really is, we respond the right way because we can see his promises and how faithful he is to them. So the first step in reattaching ourselves to his promise is seeing him the right way. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you haven't gotten alone with God outside of this Sunday morning service, do it this week. I'm telling you, even if you do it out of obedience because you know it's the right thing to do and you don't really feel anything at first, God will honor that. He'll honor your obedience and you're going to see things start to shift and move in your lives. I say that because I went through a season, and I still do sometimes, of struggling to get into the secret place. I don't know what it is about that. Like, I logically know that I need to do it, but sometimes it feels like everything is coming against me. Being a mom of three, and, you know, working full-time, and now starting this ministry, and there's a lot going on, and I'm like, God, you know my heart, but I am tired, right? We have all kinds of excuses, but if we can really spend that dedicated time with him, I promise you, we will see him in the right way. And that, my friends, goes to the second point, which was my first point in the slide. So this is now the real message. That was, you just got a little nugget at the beginning here. <laughs> so that's number one is we have a choice in how we respond. I want to read with you Romans, if you could go there with me, Romans 5. Y'all still with me? Romans 5? Okay. Romans 5, verse 1. I read out of the New Living Translation, so I apologize if it's a little different than yours, but I'm going to read it here. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand and we're confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they're good for us. They help us learn to endure and endurance develops strength of character in us and character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation and this expectation will not disappoint us for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So sometimes when stuff comes our way, we ask, why God? Why me? Why now? Right? Y'all been there? I've been there. But it says right here in his word that we ought to rejoice when we run into trials. What? Rejoice? I don't know about you, but that's like the last thing that wants to come out of my mouth is rejoicing for a problem. Right? But what does he mean here? He means that we have a choice to praise him regardless. Because we know he's good. That the circumstance doesn't determine God's goodness. God is good outside of the circumstance, and he's good in the circumstance. He's good. That doesn't change. Regardless of what we see, regardless of the trials that come, regardless of how much the enemy wants to make us believe that the situation is too severe or too tough for us to handle, he's good. He's faithful. He has what we need. And in, in verse 5, it says, continue to rejoice. So not just rejoice at the beginning. Like something hits us, we're like, okay, God, you said to rejoice, I'm here rejoicing. And then two weeks later, you're like, 
where are you? It says continue to rejoice. In the message, it says shout his praise. Not because we feel pain or, or de denying the tragedy of going, what's going on. It's because we know God uses life's difficulties and Satan's attacks to build our character. It's knowing that there's a bigger plan at play here. And sometimes, can I share a little secret? It's not always about us. In fact, this, what I've been going through over the last two and a half years, it's not at all about me. God has given me the opportunity to speak life into people and all different facets through church services like this, through the media. I've been on Animal Planet, the Today Show, uh, the Weather Channel did a live interview with me, iHeartRadio. Um, actually, just a secret, uh, two weeks, three weeks ago, I had an interview with the National Geographic, and they're going to be releasing something. I don't know when, but it's probably 2020 sometime. Like, crazy stuff that I had no Saying, I've never contacted people and said, you got to hear this story. It's all been just random reaching out. Why? Because there's a bigger purpose at play. See, verse 4 says, let me read that again. Verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character in us. And character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. When adversity strikes, it gives us a choice to choose to endure. See, endurance or perseverance, like the message puts it, passionate perseverance. That's how the message puts it. It develops and strengthens our character, becoming more like Christ. And character strengthens our hope or that confident expectation. It keeps us alert and expectant to see what God's going to do next. We don't always have a choice in the situation we're in, but we always have a choice in how we're going to respond. That's the choice we do have. So don't let Satan try to trick you into thinking that whatever situation comes up, that we have to respond a certain way. See, sometimes there are triggers in us where a situation happens and we usually respond in anger and anger starts to come up. Or a situation comes up and we feel like we have to respond in stress or anxiety or depression or Fear, I mean, you name it, right? Fill in the blank. But listen, you don't have to respond that way. The, we have a choice to choose to say, God, you've got something else going on here. Your promises say that I can have joy that never fades. It says I can have a peace that doesn't even have to make sense. Like you can call those things that be not as though they were in your life in the midst of it. You have a choice. You have a choice. And I remember early in this journey, I was only home from the hospital for a few days, and I woke up in the middle of the night. It was, you know, one of those nights where I was just tossing and turning and in some pain and whatever, and so I came downstairs, and I put on the Pandora station of Jesus Culture. Y'all know Pandora? I love Pandora. Do you know Jesus Culture? Oh, such a good, uh, if you don't know, look them up. Amazing worship group. And so I put that on. And the first song that comes on is Kim Walker Smith's Healing Oil. And the lyrics to that song say, I can feel your healing oil running down my brow. I wouldn't trade a lifetime for how I feel right now. And I remember literally just falling to my knees 
And I said, God, I trust you in this. I don't understand quite why it had to happen this way. I don't know why or how I'm going to live this life of an amputee, being a mom of three, and my youngest is, is just turning two. Like, I don't know how to navigate this, God, but I trust that you're good. I trust that your word is true. I trust the promises that I've read in here that you will come through. I trust you, God. And I remember just laying before him just in full surrender. I don't have a plan B, God, but I trust you. And I had this moment of vulnerability before the Lord just pouring out my heart to him. And I remember the song, you know, it, it was wrapping up. And all of a sudden, I felt this, like, fire inside of me. And I stood up, and I said, all right, Satan, you take that. You take that. See, you meant to kill, steal, and destroy. You meant to take me out. But you're going to wish that you never sent that shark because there's more people that will populate heaven because you sent that shark. You take that. And it became this, this like fire of, you know what? I'm going to trust that God's going to do more with this. And it, it was this stirring inside of me. But y'all, I couldn't respond that way if I didn't know the word of God, if I didn't know his promises in me. Like, it's got to happen before the problem happens, right? Like, you got to get close to the Lord in, in the thick of it. Because how are you supposed to respond the right way if you don't know what it is you're supposed to respond with, right? You don't even know that there's really, there's really joy that never fades, that it says in here that we can have peace that surpasses all understanding. If you don't know his word, you won't know how to respond. And that's the choice, the one choice he's given us. He says in John that in this world we will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Like we're promised that we're going to go through stuff, right? That life will happen. But he's given us a choice to say, you don't have to live a defeated life, though. Like, I've overcome so you can overcome. I have peace so you can have peace. I am joy so you can have joy, even in the midst of it. Y'all, you have a, a response that's your choice. Let us not believe or be perplexed when trials come our way or struggle with that. Just know that you have a choice in your response. And confession is the key. That's my last point. Confession is the key. Y'all might say, okay, I got it, Tiffany. I want to see God rightly. I want to know that I have a response that I can, I can grab a hold of his promises. But how do I practically do that? Like, that sounds really good to just trust in the Lord, right? You hear that all the time. Just trust in the Lord. What does that mean? It means speaking out his promise. Confess it. That's the key. I want to um, read verse 5 of that same passage in Romans from the message. Just listen to this. It says, we are never left shortchanged, quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. We're never left shortchanged. That's the promise. Even when it doesn't feel like it, 
we're never left shortchanged. It's speaking out that promise in the midst of it. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. I want you to go there with me. Go to Hebrews 10, 35. It says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. No matter what happens, remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. It's like a if-then statement for all those English people out there, right? If you do this, then this happens, right? This is like that in the scripture. It says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. No matter what happens, if you do this, then you will receive his promises. So how do you do that? You speak out the confessed promise of the Lord. What are you agreeing with in your life? What are you saying and confessing over your situation? See, what we say and confess shows what we're partnering with, who we're honoring. You're either confessing who you are in Christ or who the devil wants you to be. It's really that simple. In fact, in Proverbs 18.21, the message words it this way. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. It's your choice, just like I said, right? We have a choice to either declare God's truth in the situation, even when it doesn't feel like it, or keep agreeing with Satan wants us to think. I want to give you a really practical example here. Anybody in here have kids? I know some of you do because I saw a slew of them go this way. Okay? Y'all have kids. Y'all do fundraisers in school? Oh, I know. I'm with you. Okay? I've got three of them. And now they're all three in the same school. And I'm like, good night. How am I going to, like, this is too much. So my, there was a, this was last year, year before, um, butter braids. Y'all know what those are? Those fundraising braids, they're amazing, but they're really expensive, Right? And my daughter was selling them for school. And she came home and she's like, Mommy, if I get, I don't know, 10 orders or whatever, I get put into a drawing to get a gift card. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. She goes, but I'll never do it. I'll never get that many. And I was like, whoa, 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 what you doing here? You didn't even try. How are you speaking defeat before you even try, right? But then, like, it was like, how many times do you do that, Tiffany? How many times do you speak defeat before you even try? How many times does the situation come and, and want to just scream anger, defeat, fear, whatever, and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling right now, and you go into this like self-loathing, you know, ridiculous cycle of thinking, right? Y'all are looking at me like, yep, mm-hmm, yeah, me too. Are we speaking life or death? Are we speaking defeat or victory, joy or depression, sickness or healing, weariness or hope, bondage or freedom? It's really that simple. What are you speaking? There is a study by Rice Business that published an article, and it said the more you say something, the more it sticks in people's head, and it doesn't even have to be true. That's the scary part. 
Psychologists call this the illusionary truth effect. The more you hear something, the easier it is for your brain to process, which makes it feel true, regardless of the basis of fact. That's a little scary. That's fact of how our brain operates, right? So repetition matters. What are you repeating? So many times in the Bible we see the words declare, confess, say, call. Even how we're saved, it says we need to confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord. Romans 10, 9. Why? Because it matters what comes out of our mouth. Speak life. Repeat promises. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when the prayers haven't been answered yet. Speak his truth. Because repetition matters. The more you speak it, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more God stirs that faith inside of you. And it stirs action. The Holy Spirit is so prompted when we, he sees real faith happening. And what does that mean? It means declaring it even when we haven't seen it. That's what faith is, right? There's something powerful when we speak the words of God and claim them in our lives. And repeating God's truth helps us shift our perspective. It doesn't mean we can't admit where we're at and how we're feeling and what's going on in our lives. I, I'm not saying that. God wants to hear our heart. We don't have to pretend and put a fake smile on our face and say, everything's good. No, that's not what I'm saying. Like, take it to the Lord. He wants to hear your heart. But then claim where you want to be. Don't live in that place. We have to be real about where we're at, but more importantly, confess where we can be through Christ. Confess his promises. There's nothing more important to our faith than declaring what God has said about you with your own mouth. When you do this, you're establishing what God has said to be true, even though you might not see it as reality yet. So I want to give you something, a slide right here. If y'all want to take a picture of this, I encourage you to do so. But this is what confession looks like. Right here. We have authority to claim heaven's reality. And I'm going to read these over you, okay? And I just want you to just take it in. Because this is the promises of the Lord. This is all scripture-based. In fact, it gives scripture references of where I pulled this. It says, I choose to accept his peace that goes beyond what I can understand according to Philippians 4, 7, instead of fear. I choose to abound in hope, Romans 15, 13, instead of depression. I choose to lean on his strength, Isaiah 40, 29 through 31, instead of acting like I'm powerless. I choose to believe God is my healer, Isaiah 53, 5, instead of hearing or bearing the sickness. I choose to believe that God can make the impossible possible. Mark 10, 27, instead of accepting everything at face value. You guys, it's really simple. You either choose what Jesus has for you or what Satan wants you to have. You choose Jesus. And if we respond by confessing God's truth, even when we don't feel like it, even when we haven't seen our prayers answered yet, even when we're facing the adversity, that's when we see breakthrough. We're walking in the true authority God has given us. That's when we stop being defined by the things around us and let Jesus define our identity. That's when we can truly be overcomers. 
So we have a choice, you guys. We have a choice. What are you choosing today? I want to give you an, uh, an opportunity to think through that. Because I know even, even in the midst, even after this two and a half year journey, there's still times where I have to remind myself of who my God is and what he's done. And I went through something crazy. I shared with, with you some of the details. That's not even close to the amount of miracles. I witnessed that firsthand, and I still got to remember. We're not perfect at this, right? But we got to choose to say, God, you're good. You're good. I trust you. You're faithful. And start speaking out his promises. I want you all to close your eyes. This morning, I want to I challenge you. Where are you at in your confession? What are you speaking over your life? What are the things that you're attaching yourself to? See, God has something bigger and greater for us, and we have a choice in that response. But maybe it's because you don't really see God for who he really is. Maybe you're questioning who the Lord is in your life. Maybe there's been something significant that has happened to you recently or in the past that has clouded your vision of who God is. He wants to mend that today. He wants to soften your heart again and show you who he really is, that he's a God of love and forgiveness and restoration, and he has promises that go beyond what we could ever count for us. He has joy and peace and strength and endurance and perseverance and, and hope for us. Maybe it's, maybe it's that you see God rightly, but you're struggling in the confession part. Maybe today needs to be a line in the sand moment, like enough's enough. I need to start speaking his promises a little better, like I used to do it or I do it sometimes, but today I've got to make a decision, a choice to start speaking his word out. Maybe putting this picture of this slide up on, on your mirror at home and literally saying it out loud every day, like today is a day where you can make up your mind enough's enough. So if that's you, if, there, if there's some things that I've spoke to that you want to respond to, maybe it's you want to have a, a closer relationship with the Lord, maybe you don't know him in that way, or maybe it's just i got to start getting myself together and speaking his word. I want you to respond to that this morning. Raise your hand if that, if that describes you in any way. If you want to grab a hold of what he has for you. Yes, I see some hands popping up all over the room. Hands are being raised because they see enough's enough I got to start speaking his promises and I'm raising my hand too because sometimes there's defeat and doubt that comes out of my mouth that I need to start recognizing a little quicker right today's the day guys today's the day where God wants to bring it to your 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 thoughts of how you can overcome if you raised your hand and and I know this takes a little courage but if you want to come on up here I really would love a chance to pray with you. And I know there's, there's people in this house that would love to pray with you. So while the worship team sings over us, if you come up here and respond to him, we want to meet with you and journey it with you. Come on up here. Worship team, you can go ahead.